Good morning, friends. So just what is a Christian? Well, it used to be that if you were not Jewish or Hindu or Buddhist, you were a Christian, whether you were Catholic or Lutheran or Episcopal or Baptist. But it seems now that the word Christian means something more specific. I mean, is it considered to be an actual religion other than Catholic or Lutheran or Episcopal or Baptist or whatever? And if so, what makes it different? That's a very good question. It shows that the person has been doing some serious thinking about spiritual issues. It also reveals that he or she has penetrated to a core issue that has long confused millions of people. And it's this, what is the difference between being a Christian and a church member? I mean, how would you answer that question? Now, before we plunge into that discussion any further, let me stop and say that beginning this morning, we're going to start a study of 1 Thessalonians in the New Testament. And if you're unfamiliar with the Bible, you might have trouble finding the book because it's relatively short. So before we jump into this epistle, it's important to know at least four facts. First of all, this is one of the oldest books in the New Testament. Scholars date it to approximately 50 A.D. That's, that's about 18 years after Jesus' life and death. As such, it's one of the earliest pictures we have of the Christian church in the very beginning. It is, in fact, our earliest missionary document. The only books that might be older than 1 Thessalonians are Galatians and James. Well, second, this is one of the shortest books in the New Testament. It contains only 79 verses, and you can easily read the entire book in 30 minutes. Third, it's one of the easiest books to understand. Unlike Romans, for example, there's no complicated theology to ponder. Everything Paul writes here is simple, clear, and direct. It's not a doctrinal treatise that raises hard questions. It's just a short letter to a young church. And four, it's one of the most practical books in the New Testament. In five short chapters, Paul deals with a wide range of truth. I mean, some of the topics include true conversion, integrity, compassion, the word of God, heavenly rewards, uh, the second coming of Christ, the role of spiritual leaders, and testing spiritual gifts, on and on. It's a wonderful book for new believers to read. I think everyone can understand its message. If you back up a little bit into the book of Acts, chapter 17, it records the story of the founding of the church in Thessalonica. The city of Thessalonica was a seaport town in ancient Greece, and as such it was an important crossroads for east-west travel. The port contained a wonderful harbor that attracted ships from every part of the Mediterranean. The famous Ignatian Highway uh, that connected Rome with Asia to the east passed through Thessalonica, so it was a strategic center. Whatever happened there would soon spread everywhere. The population consisted of about four different groups. There were Greeks, Romans, Jews, and what we might call Orientals. Most of them were idol-worshipping pagans. Now, Paul visited Thessalonica on his second missionary trip, and after preaching in the local synagogue for three Sabbaths, he was forced to leave town under pressure from the Jews who stirred up the local rabble. Now, Paul's brief ministry resulted in a small congregation made up of mostly converted Greeks, along with a few believing Jews and some leading women of the town. It was clearly a predominantly Gentile congregation. Now, in order to understand the letter, uh, you need to know one important fact. It's this. Paul left Thessalonica before he really wanted to. His premature leaving caused many of the younger believers to wonder about him and his ministry, and some were tempted to give up their faith under the continuing pressure. 
Now, after leaving Thessalonica, Paul went to Athens, and from Athens he sent Timothy back to Thessalonica to see how the church was doing, and Paul went on to Corinth all by himself. Now, Timothy eventually reported back to Paul regarding regarding the state of their young church. And evidently he told Paul that the church was doing well, but was under intense pressure to give in. And certain rumors about Paul were also being spread because he left town so suddenly. There were also various moral and doctrinal problems in the church. And although Paul wanted to return, circumstances prevented him. So he wrote a letter of encouragement to this young church. It's the book we call First Thessalonians. To me, this letter reveals the heart of Paul more than any other letter he wrote. If you want to know what he believed, read Romans. If you want to know what he was like as a person, read First Thessalonians. Well, let's jump in. It starts this way. Paul, Silas, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians in God, the Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace be you. We always thank God for all of you mentioning you in our prayers. We continually remember you before our God and Father, your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. I think those words would have been very encouraging to that young congregation of new believers. I mean, everything Paul writes is meant to lift their spirits. They were the church in God. They knew the Lord Jesus Christ. They had experienced the grace and the peace of God. And Paul prayed for them, and he thanked God for them always. I mean, consider for a moment the Christian graces he mentions here. The work that comes from faith, the labor occasioned by their love, the endurance that flowed from their hope. I mean, this trio of graces comprehends the whole of Christian life, which begins in faith, continues in love, and culminates in the hope of eternal life. If the Thessalonians wondered how Paul felt about them, and if they were tempted to doubt the work of God in their midst, they need only read and reread these opening verses. God had been powerfully at work in those few brief weeks at Thessalonica, and Paul makes that fact abundantly clear. Now, with that as an introduction, the next few verses deal with the subject of their conversion. And step by step, Paul recounts how these former pagans became fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. He says that authentic conversion always comes in response to God's call and always results in a radical reorientation of the whole life. It changes our direction, and that change stands the test of time. That's what happened to the Thessalonians. And so as we review these verses, I'm going to challenge you to consider whether or not you have been truly converted to Jesus. And that brings us back to the question, how is a Christian defined? And how can you tell the difference between a Christian and a church member? And that's where we're going to pick up again next week. Until then, see the vision, live the mission, and feel the passion.